have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And also, uh, don't forget about Wednesday Night Live beginning in just a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. Wednesday Night Live back May 25th. Rebel Grace will take the stage. We're uh, two weeks and a day away from that. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Bucks taking on the chin last night. Uh, now, I'm going to open things up. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. I'm going to open it up. I want to hear from you. Who's winning the series? Simple. Who's winning the series? Brett says, going with the Bucks. Go Bucks, fear the deer. Uh, John says, Bucks are missing the Middleton cushion. It may end their season, but they're going to win at least one more. Um... This one's from Jacobson. I'm a little bit concerned for the Bucs because the Bucs blew an 11-point lead, and they didn't shoot the ball good at all after the third quarter. It was not uh, even close. Um, goes on to say that uh, Giannis and Holiday have to got to step it up. Other than Giannis uh, and Holiday, they have to step it up. No excuses if they want to be champions and repeat. They have to play like champions. Um Sorry doesn't mean to be negative, but uh, I was just hoping that the Bucks would win last night and go ahead three games to one, but just did not happen. Cheddarball says Bucks in six. Um, this one's uh, from Mark said uh, that I believe the Bucks are going to get a win in the next contest, so I just don't know if they can win the series. Uh, this one's from uh, Glam Zone. Glam Zone says I'm taking the Bucks all the way. Still have a lot of faith. But what does your gut tell you? Does your gut tell you? I, we're rooting for the Bucs. They, 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 take that out of it for a second, okay? You're rooting for the Bucs. What does your gut tell you? After watching that content, and I hope I'm wrong, okay? So you can all come on the program. You can look at Ben and I, and you can say, you two idiots didn't have faith. It's not about faith. It's about what I've witnessed. What I've witnessed after game one was, one, the Bucs got blown out in game two. Game three, they had a double-digit lead. I think it was 13. And they frittered it away just to hang on at the end. And had they had another two minutes, they lose that game. Then last night, again, they come out, they're on fire. They try to deliver some knockout blows, and Boston just doesn't go away. Al Orford and company, who just step up, and Tatum and company, they just played really well. And when Giannis pissed them off, they stepped up. They said, we're not going to take your crap. A very physical game. And while they're not getting huge games from Jalen Brown and huge games from Marcus Smart, they're still, when you look at their starting line of 30, 30, 18, 18, and 9, they're getting points. Now, their bench is non-existent. They don't have a bench, okay? They don't have one. And Williams being out last night, I get it, okay? They only got 11 points off the bench last night, and all of them came from white. So you're basically riding those five, six horses, and that's it. Bucks are a little bit deeper. But Coach Bud, when you look at the rotation in the minutes, George Hill came back, and he's using George Hill like he's a full-time starter almost. I'm just a, It's a little bit of a head-scratcher. I wanted to see a little more of Bobby Portis. Or at least defensively, do you bring in like Serge Ibaka? Defensively speaking, you know? So anyway, long story short, my level of confidence in the Bucks. okay? I think the Celtics are going to win the series. I sit here after I've watched four games between these two teams. I've seen the Bucks play extremely good in one and extremely good in two other quarters. That's it. 
Otherwise, they're either toe-to-toe or Boston's whooping up on them. So I want to believe the Bucks in six. If the Bucks steal this game in Boston, they'll come home and win it. I, I believe that. It would be Bucks in six. Cheddar Balls, you would be completely correct. I get it. But I just, so many things happened last night. Horford woke up. The Celtics looked at Giannis and said, uh-uh, we're not taking your crap. They outplayed the Bucks. They outhustled the Bucks. They hit shots when they needed to. The Bucks kept trying and trying to put them away and just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And not to mention their shooting prowess has not been good the last game and a half specifically. Not the way you need it to be. And down the stretch, they've looked bad. And when you piss away two leads the way they, the Bucks have. And the Celtics now, the Celtics have this. One, their fan base believes. I mean, I'm watching all the pundits this morning. Okay? I'm watching everything from ESPN to the NBA Network. I'm watching the national news this morning as they were going over the sports side of things, looking at what went on between Golden State and Memphis and then uh, Boston and Milwaukee. They're believing that the winner of this Boston-Milwaukee series is going to represent in the NBA Finals, which means tying that series up at two games apiece, going back home, keeping home court advantage. Boston fans are going to be out of their minds because they can now see it. They can sniff it. It's right there. All they got to do is get past the box, and they're probably going to be the better team the rest of the way. What they do in the finals, we'll wait and see. But at least they're going to find themselves back in an NBA Finals. Beantown, Boston, all that history. Here comes the Celtics. It's all rising back up. They're starting to feel it. Okay? Then the Bucks gave away another lead. Then the Celtics went toe-to-toe. The Bucks couldn't extend that lead. They couldn't, they couldn't give that knockout blow. The Celtics are gaining confidence. So for all of that, all of that, I, it would just lead me to believe that the right now the Celtics are the better team. The Celtics have played better basketball through two and a half, three games than what the Bucks have. Derek says, my gut says we are done. Lose by 20 the next two games. If Lopez can get out of his uh, cement and uh, and some guard, uh, somebody guard Horford, maybe we have a chance. See, it's not – you can talk about Brooke Lopez all you want. and he's. But Brooke Lopez, he's given you some defense. He gave you another block last night. Um, he gave you um, uh, seven boards, which you'd like to see more out of him. But he also gave you 17 points. He has not been hot beyond the arc like he normally is, though. The Bucks are just not good beyond the arc for whatever reason. And their, their defensive prowess be, at the three-point line is terrible. It has been all season long. They have basically said, eh, you know, eh, we don't need to guard. It's like they won the championship, and I'm not going to say they sat back and relaxed on their laurels because that's not it. They fought hard. But it's it's like that aspect of their game they haven't tried as hard. And Brooke Lopez, don't forget, he came most of the season he was out. So he came back. He's got probably some of, uh, some of the freshest legs on the team. What you have, What I have to think about is – Grayson Allen has to be more involved. The way he was going back to the games against Chicago, when he had that fire, he had that spark, he had that will, that chip on his shoulder, right? Wesley Matthews, giving you 12, not bad. Drew Holiday's shooting funk continues, though. Drew Holiday. Between Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen, they were 2 of 10 beyond the arc yesterday. 2 of 10. 
That's not going to get it done. And Drew Holiday, 5 of 22. Now, Drew Holiday's got it in him to shoot out of this, which is why you got to say keep shooting. But when you get a lead, you can't keep going down and wasting the possession by popping it right up. And, and I'll tell you this, what they have done is a little bit of Nick Nurse. What Boston has done is a little bit of Nick Nurse. Giannis is getting the ball at the top of the key again. And then instead of getting in motion, instead of getting the pass on the move, he's getting it at the top, and then he's setting up. He's waiting for everybody to either clear out or he's setting up, giving them time to put that three-man front in front of him and making it really difficult. So he's getting the hell beat out of him night in and night out, and Giannis is gassed. That physical play will gash you which is what we saw down the stretch last night. He was just gassed. And and somebody else has to got, has to start hitting shots. Has to. Or the Bucks are done. Um Steve says the Bucks are done unfortunately. Uh the team just doesn't rally enough to help Giannis. And that's kind of what I'm alluding to. 877-867-1670 877- 867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Said it earlier, um, Bill, but twenty-eight. Yeah, Giannis had 28 points and I believe 17 rebounds through three quarters. And then mm-hmm. he took a break, as Coach Bud talked about. Six points, one rebound in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Just gassed. Just gassed out. Hmm, 877-867-1670 again, 877-867-1670. Your thoughts. Do you think the Bucks are done? What 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 hope do you have? I think we all have hope. I think uh, come Wednesday, we're all rooting like hell. I think we all have hope. I think there's a lot of anticipation. And if you are a, like a diehard, hardcore, got to get it Bucks fan, come tomorrow night, you're probably biting your nails. Probably bite your nails. You got a lot of angst, got a lot of anxiety, got a lot of thought, nervousness, getting ready for that contest. Because you know, if you lose it, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. That means the Bucks will have been outplayed uh, three games to one. And you can kind of see the beginning of the end if you can't see it already. So but tomorrow night, Ben, do we call it a must-win game? Oh, God. Um. It is I'm, I'm stamping it, yes. It is definitely a can't lose. Nope. Must win tomorrow night. Now must win. I agree. Must win tomorrow night. Must win. Must play well. Must look good. Must win. Must play well. Must must look good. A- absolutely. All those facets coming up tomorrow night. I say it not only because they have to then go and win at home and then win in Boston game seven, but I don't know if Giannis can go do it by himself for those two games. Right. If they win tonight, at least they can come back on. We have this game six at home with the lead. Maybe someone like Grayson Allen or Connaughton or Portis can get hot. But if Giannis has to go win two games by himself at this point, I don't know if he could do it. Trevor, listening to us in Wausau, says, others have to step up besides Giannis. Do you think Middleton makes it back for game six? No. If, if the Bucks lose game five, maybe. I just don't know what level of... of Injury is still existing in the knee of Chris Middleton. I mean, if the doctors came out and said, you know what, it's healing, you know, far above schedule or ahead of schedule, he's looking pretty good, he's on the court, he's cutting, you know, we're just monitoring it, we're just kind of giving him a couple of extra days of rest just precautionary wise, I'd say yes. 
he'll gut it out. But you, one thing you don't want to do is rushing back just because and then have him blow it out and not be ready for the start of next season or hurt him indefinitely. So I, I just don't know what level of injury he has right now. That's all. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. What is your level of confidence? No. Are they going to win it? Yes or no. Are they going to win it? Yes or no. Tell me why. Are they going to win it? Yes or no. Because right now the Bucks tied it to. Doesn't it feel, though, like they're down in this series? Yeah, they're down 2-2. Two, two. It, it just feels like they're down in this series because of the way they've played. It just feels like they're down. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Hey, our friends over at New Mail Medical. I didn't get over there yesterday. Uh, they were swamped, and uh, they were a little bit short-staffed. So today, heading back over, and I'm going to stop by, see Jose, see Carlos, see Doc Tim, everybody, and uh, I'm going to find out even more about this all-in-one weight loss program. I've gotten all my numbers checked. It took me all of I was there literally maybe 10 minutes on Thursday or Friday. Uh, no, no, I take that back. Uh, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday of last week. But that being said, uh, I was there maybe 10 minutes. And I talked to the guys a little bit and, uh, and just got a lot of, kind of a feel for this new weight loss program. And I said, look, I, I want to try it. I want to go on it. So I've been working out, got up today, uh, jumped on the bike because it's so warm outside. And, man, I did a bunch of miles around the neighborhood. Uh, newly paved streets in the neighborhood, so you can't beat it. Why, why go anywhere? Why, do, go, why go to a trail when you got these newly paved streets? So riding around, got a good workout in, burned about 350 calories uh, over a 40-minute span, and feel really good. But I, I want to get more information, so I'm going to go over there today. I suggest you do too, whether it's ED, erectile dysfunction, where they have a 98% success rate at treating, 98%. Or... If you got low T, maybe you're moody or you just energy level sucks and just up and down could be low T. Or you want to jump into the all-in-one weight loss program and start because it's getting warm. You could be sitting there right now with man boob sweat because it's getting warm outside. You, you do something about it. T-shirt season is here. Call them, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Five one. That's the New Mail Medical Center. Give them a call. Tell them we said hi. Again, 414-455-4451. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show on the air. We are glad you're with us. Thanks, as always. We certainly appreciate it. Um, by the way, Monty Williams, Monty Williams has been, uh, has been named the NBA Coach of the Year for the Phoenix Suns. So Monty Williams gets Coach of the Year. Not that that matters, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, to be honest with you. Uh, 877-867-16. I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Let you know. 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. 
Uh, give us a shout. Uh, this portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our good, by our good friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Gina Della from Pella. They got it going on over there. They have many different styles of window. They've got two uh, economical vinyl windows. Uh, then they've got uh, the Impervia, which is stronger than fiberglass. And then on top of that, they've got three different lines of wood windows from contemporary to traditional, luxurious, beautiful, all that kind of good stuff. Check out our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And they have great financing offers going on right now. But you can't do anything if you don't call. you got to call them, 855-PELLA-WI, 855-PELLA-WI, P-E-L-L-A, 855-PELLA-WI. Or go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Again, PellaWI.com. So here's something to think about. Um, and I want to get into this coming up here momentarily. And this is from uh, our, our buddy Jeff who writes the program quite often, he says, what is it going to mean to Coach Budenholzer if indeed Darvin Ham leaves? How big of a support system does he add to the franchise? We'll get into that. That's a good discussion. Let's go to uh, let's go to West Dallas, our buddy Mike hanging out there. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing good, Bill. I'm, I'm kind of depressed this morning, I'm not going to lie. I, I was at the game yesterday and just heartbreaking loss yesterday, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so... Overall, I I think they can still win the series. I'm you know I'm still optimistic. You know why? Because they were down 2-0 against Brooklyn last year. Uh, they came back and won that series in Game Seven on the road, mind you. Uh, they were down 2-0 in the finals against the Suns, and they won that series uh, against the best team in the NBA. So they do have the grit to do it. Um, but there's three things that have really been bugging me uh, when watching this series. Number one, Al Horford. You know how he turns into a Hall of Famer every time he plays the Bucks is because eighty percent right. of his shots are wide open looks, <laughs> right? From three, from three, uh, even his uh, mid range jump shots are wide open as well. So eighty percent of his shots are wide open looks. Yeah, give the guy credit for knocking him down, but let's not pretend like he's out there, you know, br- you know, killing guys off the dribble. So if, if they got to bring Serge Ibaka in to guard Horford or, or change their defense somehow, they need to do it. Uh, number two, Giannis Hero Ball. Why did they lose against the Raptors a few years ago in the playoffs? Because give Giannis the ball at the top of the key. You got right. four other guys standing around the perimeter. And it, Boston is just too good of a defensive team uh, to, to win that way. So you need more ball movement. Number three, why don't they give Brooke Lopez the ball in the post more? Uh, it would give Giannis a break on offense because he's just exhausted uh, by the fourth quarter, you can see it every game in the series. And every time they give Lopez the ball in the post, good things happen. Either there's a foul on Horford who, or whoever's guarding him. He scores two points or he kicks it out to an open shooter. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what do you think about that, Bill? Why don't they give Lopez the ball in the post, Mark? Because a lot of the time Giannis is taking the ball in the post. If you, if you watch Lopez, and I agree with you, but Lopez is usually out on a wing. Very rare, and they have spacing issues. Giannis is, you know, Giannis is bringing the ball up, and then he dishes it off. And then Giannis right. goes and stands somewhere in the paint, uh, right around the top of the key, and Giannis gets the ball, and then he has to work to the basket, where they have basically built a wall of three. So you've got Brooke Lopez out on a out on a wing somewhere, either Portis or Grant Hill or George Hill or somebody out on a wing somewhere, and then you've got you know the remainder, whoever happens to be handling the basketball, and everybody just kind of gets out of Giannis's way and looks for him to do Giannis stuff, and that's the way it's become. That's the offense has become incredibly stagnant from what we saw in Game One to where we are today. 
It's like guys aren't hitting their shots. They don't have a lot of confidence. And Giannis has been the only one to really carry him. We all understand that. But I agree with you. I, you, you know, if you're going to get Lopez, his looks from the outside, if you're going to get Drew Holiday, his looks from the outside, you got to hit some open shots. That's the other thing, though, when you talk about Horford. Horford has had open shots. But last night, early on in that ballgame specifically, the Bucks had wide open looks and weren't hitting them. And how frustrating was it to be there in person when they could have extended uh-huh. that lead and they just couldn't do it? Every time they got that wide open three, you know, from the corners, I was I was jumping up from my seat because I was ready to go nuts and just nobody right. could knock a shot down. Nobody could knock it down. But I, I think if they lose this series, Bill, I think this is solely on Bud. Because right now, I think the talent level, even without Middleton, I think it's even. I, I look at the players they have. I look at the players the Bucks have. Yeah, you know, Tatum and Brown are a fearsome foursome, but Giannis is the best player in this series, and Holiday isn't a slouch either. So I think they're even talent-wise. I think it comes down to Bud making adjustments. But you know, is, is it right – let me ask you this. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. So, I mean, the only thing I can say is putting in George Hill over, over Portis for extended periods of time and not allowing Bobby Portis to play that physical down-low style of pressure that he's played early on, I can say maybe – but beyond that, when, when you got guys that have open looks and guys that refuse to come out and guard the perimeter, what do you do? I mean, what more could Bud do? But is that, is that, is that the players or is that like the defensive scheme? That that's a good question because we've seen that by, That's a great yeah. question. We've seen it all season long, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good question. I, so. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, keep your fingers crossed, all right? Talk all to you right, soon. Thanks, Bill. There you go. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. He's right. I mean, I'd like to see some more. And this goes back to what I talked about earlier. Okay. In watching that game last night, the one thing that I noticed and we hear all the time is spacing. The spacing on the floor became crowded last night, especially down the stretch for the Bucs. You know, at one point with dragging your guy, your defender with you, you had eight guys on one side of the floor. Bucks weren't spacing. It was short passes. They were easily defendable. They weren't getting up clean shots. They didn't get a lot of clean looks. They weren't able to work it. Giannis was the guy that was taking it at the top of the key or right around the, uh, the charity stripe and then trying to pound his way in. A very physical style of game for Giannis. To me, you got to space it out. But then again, you got to hit shots. But the, the, the basketball movement, specifically late in the, four, in the first quarter, early in the third, and again, I'm not a big Stan, Stan Van Gundy fan, but he made a note of it. He said when they move the basketball like that and get those open looks, even though they're not falling right away, they'll begin to fall. And sure enough, they started to. And then they got away from it. I don't know why. I don't know whether it was panic mode. But at times, this team tends to rely too much on Giannis to be Giannis. At times. They're just like, just give Giannis the ball and, and he'll, he'll score for us. When you're looking for somebody else to go, damn it, I will be Robin to your Batman. Here we go. Let's do this. And they didn't get that consistently. Uh, good place to go and watch the game. Good place to ride to if you're going to be out and about this weekend or any other weekend for that matter. Head out to our friends out there on County Road K in Oconomowoc. That's boondocks, barbecue, burgers, and brews. Good stuff. They've got a tremendous menu. Tremendous menu. And uh, they've got that big outdoor deck. You can sit outside and game you can sit inside and watch the game good salads good wraps burgers sandwiches and the dinners when you got the dinners you got that pulled pork sandwich or the smoked brisket sandwich oh my goodness the smoked brisket dinner is out of this damn word three quarter pound of hand sliced brisket 
Even Jerry Jones would like that. Oh, get me some brisket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just before he goes and plows into the rear end of your car, that would be Jerry Jones eating up your brisket. Stop out the Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews out there in uh, what's called Stone Bank, Wisconsin. Really, it's Oconomowoc. But on County Road K, tell them we said hi. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Growth Law Firm. Growth Law Firm supporting and sponsoring Wisconsin motorcyclists for over 10 years, and they take care of life's difficulties when you concentrate on just getting back on the open road. That's our friends at Growth Law Firm. They are uh, by far one of the best motorcycle injury attorneys in the United States, and they're right here in our own backyard. They're also a big, proud sponsor of the Big Units uh, Poker Run for Fisher House, Wisconsin, that is coming up. And that is going to happen. And by the way, if you want to get, become a part of that, go to FisherHouseWI.org. But check out Growth Law, G-R-O-T-H, GrowthLaw.com, GrowthLaw.com. And in addition to that, i got to say thanks to our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, who just announced yesterday a big, huge $100 million expansion that is going to be down there and uh, at Pottawatomie. So they also came on board this year as uh, as one of the sponsors of the motorcycle ride. And we can't say thanks enough to them. They're just good people. And in addition to Potawatomi coming on board, they are actually going to bring some volunteers this year to the end of the ride because last year we had uh, some issues because of COVID. Some of our older, uh, uh, you know, those that are up there in years, shall we say, uh, volunteers just didn't feel comfortable. So we had a little bit of a an issue at the end of the ride last year, all covered this year. We are bigger, better than ever, and we're going to have dealers from Pottawatomie Hotel Casino dealing the cards at the end of the ride this year. It's going to be so cool. There is so much cool to this thing that it's just it keeps coming out, leaking out day by day. So we got a lot of good stuff going on. But uh, thanks to them for being a part of the program as well and a part of the motorcycle ride. Thanks to Pottawatomie. Thanks to Growth Law Firm. Bud Light, MKE Brewing, also Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, all becoming great sponsors. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Doc Rivers talks about the MVP race. He said, I think the whole analytic-driven society world is out of control. That's how we are deciding via analytics uh, who should be the MVP. And he said, and I quote the long quote, I don't know if I could have done more than he did this year. Play without the second base best player all year. Listen, his resume was great. I'm not taking anything away from Jokic, either because uh, he's a hell of a player. I do think this whole analytic-driven society world is out of control at times with some of the measures that they use, like watch the dang game and decide is, decide is what I, and decide is what I've always said. But the, at the end of the day, if Joel had won, which I thought he should have, there would have been criticism that way. If Giannis had won. Only one guy could win, unfortunately. That is coming from Doc Rivers in regards to his guy not winning the MVP chase. Uh, Ben, do you think that Joel Embiid should have won the MVP? 
Uh, I said I thought it should have been Joel or Giannis. I think in a lot of ways, Jokic won this year because he also won it last year and he had technically a better season. Yeah, the only reason Jokic won last year is because Joel Embiid got hurt for the last couple weeks of the season. And I've never really been a fan of how they do the NBA MVP. Like Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double, and suddenly it's so much more impressive than if he had nine and a half rebounds instead of, you know, ten. So Mm -hmm. I'm just not a fan of the criteria and how they do it, but I think Giannis and Embiid were the two worthy people in the whole race. Yeah, I... I I can't argue with the winner. I mean, every year it's like, you know, we can always throw up statistics and get into all of that. But uh, when you when you look at MVP, Giannis is the MVP of his team. Joel is the MVP of his team. Jokic is the MVP of his team. How can you argue with that? You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I, maybe you can look at the supporting cast to see what they have to work with around them and see who is needed more, who's more valuable to their team. But Doc Rivers has a point. Sometimes you just need to look at the damn game. Just watch the game. Just watch the game. And, and you can see who is and isn't worthy of, of being able to, to, to kind of carry their load, so to speak. Who's the most valuable overall? So I get it. I get where Doc Rivers is coming from. And also he has to stick up and defend his guy. I know you hate him, but... He's he's at least doing the right thing in that uh, particular sense. I'm, hey, in racing, go ahead. I'm unhappy with him. Um, I'm I'm unhappy with how he carries himself. Hate okay. might be a little far. No, you're up there. Like, you, Gl- you can't stand him, Glenn Rivers. <laughs> um, Harden the, uh, when we were talking, save his job by the way. As a side, oh, yes, James Harden yes. is on his way to single-handedly saving Doc Rivers' job. Right. That I believe. Now let's see what they do tonight. Ugh. See if he bounces back and does it again tonight. Sixers are kind of in a similar spot as the Bucks right now. They have right. I, game five, obviously on the road, tied two two. I don't have much confidence they're going to go win. They had um, at least a momentum game right this last time with with Harden showing up. Now you've got belief. You're like, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't see that, and now you've got it. So if Harden plays that way and Embiid plays the way he plays, there's a different level of hope there now. Right. And right? Joel, since he's come back, the Sixers have won both games. Like He is the difference, Correct. obviously, for the team. Correct. So if, if tonight, the seven, I mean, as much as I think the Heat are unbelievably pesky, and they are, okay, um, I look at that game. I mean, the last game, that 116-108 game, uh, the 76ers got the win. All of a sudden, you see James Harden wake up and just kind of throw a team on his back. And and even the guys around him, Maxi, you know, showed up, but he didn't. He had some big moments. Guys seemed to feed off of that. Green showed up a little bit. Maxi, what did he have? Like 18, I think, in the last game yeah. between these two. Uh, so these guys started to show up and, and play some big minutes and, and look better, more cohesive together uh, than what we'd seen pretty much the entire series. So we'll see if uh, now James Harden's able to do that again. But if Embiid, you know, gives you 25 and Harden gives you 25 and you get a few other guys to step up, you're you're probably going to win that contest. Especially for the fact, it seemed like, and, and Harden has never been this defensive guru, okay? It's not like he's, you know, he, he's not going to come out and be the glove. But 
when he is scoring and feeling it, at least he plays a semblance of defense that's better than what he normally shows when he's out of a game. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. That's well said. He tries. It's, once the energy starts, it snowballs into more energy. Right. Once it starts to leave, it snowballs into complete lethargic play. Exactly. Because once, if he's not hitting shots and he's not getting the ball and he's not, he's not the man, he looks, he reminds me a lot of like Jermichael Finley. When Jermichael Finley wouldn't get the ball early, wouldn't get a couple of passes, get him off to a fast start, get him involved, he looked like he had mentally checked out. That's the way Harden looks at times. Like, okay, I'm not involved in this, or I'm not hitting my shots, I don't care. And he looks like he checks out because he literally jogs. He doesn't hustle. He, he's, he's a scorer. He knows it. That's all there is to it. And if he's not involved early, he just jogs around. And, and so now that he's engaged – Maybe he comes out a little bit more you know, with a little more veracity in this contest. We'll wait and see yeah. coming up tonight. Hey, I'll tell you, there's written in permanent marker on a whiteboard in the studio from back in mm-hmm. 2018. It says Bucks versus 76ers. And pretty much every playoff, we've gotten to the point where it's almost been the case, but then it hasn't, and they've never faced off. I really want that series to happen. You want to see the Bucks and Sixers? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Looking a Giannis to- versus Embiid. That's a, that's a rivalry we haven't seen be able to play out yet and then this would be the question who you want to win <laughs> i i would uh cut my mic off and plead the fifth yeah yeah well it's okay if that's your hometown team and that's the team that you still root for there's there's nothing wrong with that i would be right in the i middle. always i've always said it's like you know go back years when brett bielamo had some pretty good football teams and ohio state would come to town and people would always say who are you rooting for i would root for the team that i felt had the best chance to represent in the postseason. That's who I would kind of root for. So if, if Wisconsin was a passerby, so to speak, and Ohio State was just rolling, and because it, it, to me it was all about beating Alabama and beating the SEC. Whatever is going to give the Big Ten the best opportunity to win, that's the team I was rooting for. It wasn't cutting allegiances because I got allegiances to both, but that was the team that I was rooting for. And the year that Bielema knocked them off was impressive, and they went on to have a hell of a season. So it's, uh, you put it this way, you can't go wrong either, you know. But like now, I mean, I, I sit back and I, I root for Green Bay over Cincinnati. I root for Mar- uh, Milwaukee and the Brewers over Cincinnati and such, you know. So, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, when we come back, for those of you who said uh, road racing would never come, never come to Road America, there's at least one. That's saying they'd love to race at Road America. Not that I think it's going to. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to all of a sudden say, oh, my God, breaking news. You know, you got uh, some more road racing coming to Road America. That's not happening. But uh, there are some that believe that that would be a great place to, uh, to, to show up. Rather than racing on the flat track that is Miami, uh, Road America was brought up. So uh, in Race Fan Magazine, I wanted to give you a little snippet of this. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Joey Albanese's. Albanese's Roadhouse still, by the way. Still, even though we're getting warm outside, good beer in your hand, a little bocce ball in the other, tossing it around. They're looking for bocce ball players. So if you want to play some bocce ball up there at uh, Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha, look for it. Good food, sports bar, all that kind of good stuff. Check them out. That's our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show yet to come. 
ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. There is a company right here in our own backyard. It's called Pindell. P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Go to Pindell.com, a quality machining and manufacturing company. If you're looking to work with a company like that uh, as a supplier or somebody who needs parts, uh, by all my all means, go to Pindell. P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Pindell.com. Or if you are looking to work for a tremendous company like Pindell, uh, they are hiring and their benefits are fantastic. They're paying above grade. So I'm telling you, if you're looking for a new career or a career, check out Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L. Go to Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. So listen to this, okay? And if I butcher his name, I apologize, all right? If I butcher the name, I apologize. So um, Sebastian, is it Vettel or Vettel? Sebastian Vettel says he would get a lot more enjoyment out of driving some of, of America's classic permanent circuits than the Miami International Autodrome. He said he made his Formula One debut back in 2007 at the U.S. Grand Prix, said the country has fantastic race circuits with incredible history like Road America. He called attention to Road America and the circuit in Wisconsin, uh, in which IndyCar already races there as one venue that he would love to try. He said he believes it would be more exciting than the Miami track. Said, quote, going to Road America for certainly the money that was spent to build this could have easily, you know, brought the standards up in a great place like Road America. And from a driver's point of view, I think it would be more thrilling to drive there. He did acknowledge that when you're putting it right in the middle of Miami, damn near, that you've already got that fan interest. You don't need to excite those people. They're just going to come out in droves. And obviously it's about selling tickets. But he said, from a fan point of view, I think it's difficult for me to judge because the last time I sat in the grandstand was back in 2001. So a long time ago. And, yeah, every fan is different. So it's more for the fans, in a way, to decide. But certainly from a racing and driving standpoint, I'd love to go to the proper tracks like Road America. How about that? An F1 driver going, you know what, we got some great things here. This is great to be a part of Miami, blah, blah, blah. But I'd rather race at Road America. I want to try a, quote, proper track like Road America. That's nice praise. Nice praise for Road America. I love that word, proper. A proper track. I'd like to go do a proper track. Yeah. There you go. How about that? Got him stepping up. Uh, 877-867-1670. And again, um, if you take... It's not the infrastructure cost, because the infrastructure, for the most part, is pretty much there. Uh, They did talk about some garage needs that they would need to expand and some certain things in the track that they would have to add, Uh, probably some corporate hospitality suites that they would either have to build whole on site uh, or what have you. And eventually, at some point, if it continues in this direction, i got to think, because next year they're investing a lot of money, they're going to completely resurface the track. The whole track's going to be redone. Um, and ESPN, Steve, you're right. He said that's from a F1 world champion saying he would love to come and drive at Road America. That, that's strong words. That's why I brought it up. But eventually they would like to, to redo 
a media center, and a full onslaught of corporate hospitality suites and race control. Now, they've redone race control. They put some more uh, money into it this past year and have remodeled it and made it bigger and better, and it's great. But as far as the permanent corporate hospitality suites, few and far between. You know, you have some corporate tents in turns, but what they would like to do is build some actual structures that overlook the track that give you a different view that you get into. You know, air conditioned with balconies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that that's that's a, a $20, $30, 40000000 million investment into that place if you're going to indeed do something like that. But if you continue to do it, who knows what could probably evolve down the road. Because you know NASCAR loves it. They love it. You know IndyCar loves it. They've always been there. And you still have 11 or 12 other races. You have IMSA. You have the Supermoto Week with the uh, with the Superbikes. Um, you have uh, the vintage car races. that, And they love, they love Elkhart Lake. Now, granted, you would start to build up Elkhart Lake. It might lose a little bit of its charm. But, you know, you have to kind of weigh it. But then again, the sanctioning fee is steep it is not five or ten million bucks it is steep to get them just to come to your track to sanction that race there so that's before you even open up the ticket stand it would probably price the average fan out of it but it's cool that you got a former uh formula one world champion saying he would like to come to road america kind of kind of a neat way to go but do they have enough space for a fake marina that's the question (laughs) that was that was fantastic I, I, I still can't get over that. That was just fantastic what they did down there in Miami. That's but then again, you got to think that's the boat manufacturers that did that, right? That's a Miami. I mean, that's not thing. the track. That's yeah. Miami money. You know, that's the boat manufacturers doing that. So what would Wisconsin's thing be if this was a a fake marina in the middle? Um, probably a bunch of fishing boats on ice. <laughs> <laughs> selling ice shanties or something you know not even boats i'd say the the tents yeah <laughs> some, some ice, or you got clam outdoors or something like that you know john gillespie's waving people in something like that you know that'd be that'd be then again i mean you know you could have the beverage companies that are here you know you could do craft beer you know, you could do a lot of the wineries and whiskeys, but then again, they don't have that kind of money. I mean, you you, you got to have major, major sponsors come in from outside and be a part of it. Not to mention, you could you could have you could have Fiserv, Alec Bradley. You go to some of the bigger companies that are here in our own backyard, and maybe they would invest in it. Obviously, Quick Trip would be a part of it, big company like that. But you're talking a lot more money. A lot more money because you would be talking ticket prices for an entire season. At Road America, all the races to get in the gates, all the races, 600 bucks. That's all the races, 600 bucks. Just for the F1 race, the ticket started at like $1,200. And it would go up from there. It would, it would most likely price the average fan out of going to the races, going to see an F1 race. But it could be a way to get Aaron Rodgers back in the state in early June. Um... Sure. Which then maybe snowballs into him going sure. to OTAs. Yes. Right? Maybe it puts uh, him and Brady and and Michael Jordan and everybody else standing on a podium somewhere, you know, arms in the air. Because if the Bucks aren't in the playoffs, is Rogers going to, you know, come hang out here in May? Right. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Well, he's a Bucks owner, right? 
It's not like you're not a major league state. You've got the NFL, you've got the NBA, you've got major league baseball, you've got, you have major college athletics. It's not like this state, which you could pretty much get across the entire state in a total of about four hours. Five at the most if you're going from, say, you know, Kenosha to Superior Duluth. Right? So it's not like it's a, a massive undertaking to get people. I mean, look at what the Ryder Cup was able to produce. Fan-wise. You get an F1 race here, you'll get people. And you get money out of Chicago. We don't like it, but we'll take it. Not enough respect for the AmFam Championship. No. No, No, that too. You are correct. We got another hour yet to go. A whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Nice Ash. Go to theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. And hopefully, come tomorrow night, I am down there. Firing up a victory cigar after the Bucks get a win. Maybe I'll fire one up tonight after the Brewers get a win over Cincinnati. There you have it. Stay tuned. We've got another hour yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.